coming up. I'm glad God don't get to the point where God's like, you know, Rob, I done had it up to here with you. <laughs> Y'all, God, I'm glad God don't get there. And he, he says, I, Rob, no matter how many times I mess up, he said, I still believe in you. I still believe in you. I still got hope for you. you, you you're not going to make me give up on you. I'm not going to give up on you. That's what God's love says. And just imagine if we could love folk like that. We can love folk and say, I'm not going to give up on you. I believe in you unconditional my love is not based upon your failures it's not conditioned on how well you do or what your grades are I love you you're my child you're my friend you're my spouse I love you and I believe in you hello and thank you for joining us on one by one the podcast ministry of quench life Christian fellowship God's love is everlasting and complete and guess what It's available to you, no matter what happens in life. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, nothing can separate you from his love. What good news. Join us for the message series, Inseparable Love, where Pastor Rob explains the many characteristics of God's love. Here's part two of the message, The Nature of God's Love. It honors them. I was um, um, on a tour at a water plant um, this week, um, and um, one of the ladies who was on this tour with us, and we was we was walking around the 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 water plant, and they were showing us different things. But one of the ladies had she didn't have crutches, but she had two of those. Uh, they weren't canes, but I don't know what you call them. But they were they were helping her keep her balance, and so she I don't know what her sickness was, but she you know she, her legs were shaky, and so she was walking, and so we were walking and we were leaving her behind at some some time, and the tour guide was stopping and waiting, and so then when we were going in and out of doors. I made sure that I, you know, gave her the right of way and hold held the door for her and let her know it was okay that she take her time. <laughs> you don't have to rush, you know, it's fine, it's cool, and, you know, and, and just honoring her um, and not being rude about it and being, you know, as we're going to see, selfish about it and only thinking about, you know, what, wh- where I want to go and not about what others are doing, but this unconditional love, it honors, it honors others. And number six, uh, it is not selfish. It is not se- selfish. Again, we're talking about the nature of this of God's love. It's not selfish. Aren't you glad that God is not selfish? You know, this is the creator of everything. He is the creator of everything, and he's not selfish. And he loves us with this unconditional love, with this unselfish love. 1 Corinthians 13, 5b says, it's not self-seeking. God could be self-seeking. You know that, right? (laughs) He could be. And guess what? It would be nothing nobody could do about it. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? It's like like if one of us want to be self-seeking, we still got some boundaries. You know, we we only can seek self so much. You you get what I'm saying? And we're going to have to encounter something that's going to say, ah, it ain't happening today, bro. It ain't happening today. Okay, you you can you can you can try all you want to 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 fulfill your own needs. It ain't happening. 
okay? And so it were limitations. But God, nope, who, who can stop God from self-seeking? Nobody. And for him to possess an unconditional love that is not self-seeking, and we be the beneficiaries of it when he's the only one who could really seek self and there's nothing no one could do about it, but he still doesn't do it. What does that say about us? How should that motivate us not to be self-seeking when God isn't and he could be? So who am I to act like I'm that important? Who am I? So this love is not self-seeking. It's not selfish. The seventh thing this love is, this unconditional love is not, is it is not bent toward anger. It is not bent toward anger. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13.5, C says, is not irritable. Is not irritable. Irritable. Christian Standard Bible says it's not irritable. See, I, I use that specifically so that we'll understand that being irritable, it is a form of anger. Don't, don't, don't excuse it. It's, it's, a, it's a form of anger. And you know that when you're that way, it often leads to full-blown, full-blown anger, full-blown. So when you're irritable, y'all know you already leaning into anger. Yeah, you, all of us been there at some point, whether it was that we uh, were sleepy, <laughs> we was tired, we were hungry, <laughs> we, we, we felt uh, unappreciated, disrespected. All kind of things lead to irritability. Y'all know you've been there. What got you? What gets you? What makes you irritable? You know, all of us got some buttons. That if these things line up, I'm going to be irritable. And you know that what that leads to. You've been there. And so it says it's not irritable. And if God is not irritated with us jacked up folk, y'all, because y'all know we do a whole lot of things that that could irritate God. But he still loves us with an unconditional love. Anyway. And then the New International Version says for the same verse, it is not easily angered. It is not easily angered. And so God, we need God to transfer that unconditional love to us so that we can be this way not the way that we want to be. Number eight, um, aspect of God's, the nature of God's love. Excuse me. It is not a scoreboard of offenses. It is not a scoreboard of offenses. 1 Corinthians 13, 5d says, and it, and does not keep record of wrongs. Does not keep record of wrongs. So God's love is not keeping a scoreboard 
on how many times <laughs> we offended him. Uh, I'm glad he ain't because it would have to have a lot of digits. Okay. <laughs> it, it have to have a whole <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> it's funny though that God don't have a scoreboard, but we said I think I'll I'll take one. I'll I'll, I'll God you you don't you ain't got to have a scoreboard, but I'm gonna build one for me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so the truth is, many of us are walking around like 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 uh, Flavor Flay. Uh, with a scoreboard around our neck, you know, not just the clock, but a scoreboard around our neck. And, and when folks offend us, you know, it go, ding. Y'all, it go, ding. And we keeping track of it, you know, and we looking at it. And then we, we say stuff like, I know you do, because you was like, you, we say stuff like, you know, I, I had it up to here. <laughs> All right. See, it's the, only, the only way you can have it up to here is, okay, y'all get is that you've been keeping score. Y'all get what I'm saying? That's that's the only way you can say stuff like that. You, some something in you's been keeping score, right? And you say, and you do that one one more time. I just thought I just thought so many years ago, me and my wife, we we saw it, it was this old movie. It's old movie. <laughs> Anyway, this dude, this dude, I ain't gonna say what movie it was, but this dude, this dude was, this dude was boxing, you know, and he was boxing a cat he knew he couldn't whoop. The guy was a much better boxer than him, and um, and he was just giving him the business, bow, bow, and he didn't mind getting hit. He just didn't want to get hit in his ear. <laughs> and so that's it, that's it. He, he was getting hit in all other places he didn't trip he was getting whooped all over the place but when the guy hit him in his ear he said man <laughs> now understand this he, he couldn't beat this guy he knew the guy was a better fighter than him but when he hit him in his ear he's like man I had enough of that <laughs> he tells this guy he can't whoop you hit me in my ear one more time <laughs> Hit me in my ear one more time. And so it's like, well, what you gonna do? Because, but he, but he, but it, it bothered him to the point that he, he, he stood up and said, you know, you hit me in my ear one more time, you know. And so he fight again, and then the guy hitting him all other places. And then he hit him in his ear again. And said, man, I told you, <laughs> got to hit me in my ear. All of us got an ear <laughs> that we don't want to get hit. And when it does, the score keeps, keeps track. Some stuff we can let roll off our back. We let it roll off our back. You know, our kids spill the milk. No problem. Okay. All right. You know, all right, let it go. But then there's some things, y'all know, you know what your things are. It's hard for you to let it go. It's hard. You can't, you can't let it go. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, I, I think I told y'all the story before. And I'm going to tell you again, I learned, I learned a big lesson. Take again. Um, I, I had, I had my, 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 it was my new red truck. It was, you know, it was, it was relatively pretty new, pretty new, you know. And I went to McDonald's and um, I parked. When I parked, there was no car on the side of me. There wasn't no car there. Um, I went inside. I might have sat and ate. I can't remember. But um, when I came out, there was a car beside me and it was parked crooked. Beside my red truck, 
my new red truck. Y'all, y'all don't hear me. My new red truck. I'm, I'm a young man, you know. Brother, just like, I got, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just made, feeling like an adult. I'm just, I just bought a truck, you know. I'm moving up this adult ladder. And this, and this guy parks crooked. And while I'm walking out, I see him. Uh, I think he got out. And he goes between the crookedness of my red truck. And it was, he can barely get by, slide through between my car and his car. I was parked straight. He was parked crooked. He had on jeans. You know, they got these things on them. And all I can think was he scratched my truck. And I jammed him up. I did. (laughs) I I said, man. (laughs) <laughs> don't hit me in my ear ever again. You know, you know, <laughs> that was my that was an ear to me. That was I can't I jammed him up. I jammed him up big time, you know, and he was, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know how much longer later. It wasn't that long later, a few months or something. My little brother. <laughs> my little brother. He's eleven years younger than me. He, um, he, he was over the house and he was riding a bicycle, 10 speed. And right in the same spot where dude rubbed his jeans, my little brother, the brake handle of the 10 speed. <laughs> On my red truck. Do y'all, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so now I, I want to do jam my little brother up. Y'all, 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 I can't. And I, I felt, I felt defeated. <laughs> I did. And then I thought right away I remember the dude at McDonald's in the same spot. And I, I was, I was, I was humbled. I was humbled. And I just, I, I was, ended up being kind to my little brother because he's my little brother. <laughs> but I learned a lesson that day. I learned a lesson. God was saying, you remember McDonald's? You remember how you was irritable and angered? What you going to do now? I had to be kind to my little brother. He was like, 11 years old. He was, you know. But we'll learn some lessons. We'll learn some lessons um, about keeping score of wrongs. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, this is the Lord's declaration. For I will give, I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. That's our God. That's our Father. Talking about us. That he, ain't, he said, I ain't keeping score. Even out of all the offenses that we've done, he says, I forgive you, and I'm not going to even remember. The word actually means I'm not going to call to remembrance. 
going to call to remember. I'm not going to think of it. It's out of mind. That's what God has done for us. This is the nature of God's love for us. Out of all the things we've done wrong. And I'm not just talking about before salvation. I'm talking about after you got saved and you knew better. I knew better. God says, I'm not going to call it to remembrance. I'm not going to remember your sin. I'm going to forgive you. I'm not keeping record of it. And then Micah 7.19 says, he will again have compassion on us. Yeah, I'm going to pause right there. You see, he he will again. (laughs) Y'all get that? (laughs) He's going to do it again. Uh, I I don't know about y'all, but I got a lot of agains. Got a whole lot of them. A whole lot of agains. It says, he will again have compassion on us. He will vanquish our iniquities. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. Y'all see that? The sea of forgetfulness. I'm going to cast them, your iniquities and sins, into the depths of the sea. That's the love that God shows us. It's the nature of it. I want you to understand that one of the reasons we want to talk about the nature of it is so that we'll see why God's love is inseparable. It's inseparable. Okay. Number nine, it it rejoices in truth. It rejoices in truth. First Corinthians 13, six says, love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It rejoices in the truth. No joy in unrighteousness. We talked, uh, I think it was last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit's, one of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to convict the world of sin or to show the world that it was wrong about sin. The, The truth exposes unrighteousness. And God rejoices in that his love rejoices in that because one of the things he knows that what truth is going to do for us he knows what truth does for us and he also knows what unrighteousness does for us so he doesn't rejoice when we're unrighteous because he know what that what happens with that it's wages of sin is death but truth sets us free he rejoices in truth his love does sets us free. Ephesians 4.15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every, to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. I was talking earlier about us becoming like Christ. And so God knows that truth, that uh, Speaking truth in love leads us to growth, to become more like Christ. And so God does that for us um, so that we can become more like Christ. And he rejoices in that. Causes us to grow and mature in all ways. 
in every respect. So God's love rejoices in the truth. Number 10, it endures. God's love endures. I'm so glad it does. First Corinthians 13, 7 says it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I'm glad God don't get to the point where God's like, you know, Rob, I done had it up to here with you. <laughs> Y'all, God, I'm glad God don't get there. And he, he says, I, Rob, no matter how many times I mess up, he said, I still believe in you. I still believe in you. I still got hope for you. Hey, I'm, uh, you, you you're not going to make me give up on you. I'm not going to give up on you. That's what God's love says. And just imagine if we could love folk like that. If we can love folk and say, I'm not going to give up on you. I believe in you. It's unconditional. My love is not based upon your failures. It's not, it's not conditioned on how well you do or what your grades are. I love you. You're my child. You're my friend. You're my spouse. I love you. And I believe in you. And God's love perseveres. It endures whatever comes in life, whatever comes in the way, whatever happens, his love endures. We can see why it's inseparable. And then lastly, number 11. It is everlasting because it's complete. It is everlasting because it's complete. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10 says, love never ends. Pause right there. God's love never ends. It never ends. Aren't you glad that God's love never ends? And God is not going to fall out of love with you. He's not going to fall out of love with you. He ain't going to ever stop loving you. It never ends. It reads on, but as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part and we, are, and we prophesy in part. But when, when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. So you see that God's love um, is everlasting because it's complete. It is complete. God's love is complete. In other words, God doesn't love, will not love you more than he presently does, even if you did everything he said to do. Y'all get that? He ain't going to love you more than he presently does, even if from this day forward, you never sinned again. He ain't going to love you no more. And conversely, if you do all kind of stuff <laughs> that he don't want you to do, he ain't going to love you no less than he presently do. Because his love is complete. It's not lacking anything. It's a complete love. That's why it lasts forever. This text is saying the stuff that, that come to an end, 
The stuff that comes to the end is because it's incomplete. He says when perfect comes, when completeness comes, these things will end because they're not complete. But God's love will never end because it's fully complete. It's not lacking anything. Okay? It, God can't add to it. There's nothing nobody can do to add to how much God loves you. And there's nothing nobody can do to take away from how much God loves you. It's complete. Okay? It, 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 it's nothing you can do. Psalms 103 verse 17 says, but from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. From everlasting to everlasting. Now, the thing to get here is that <laughs> as far as time goes back this way, God loved you. <laughs> Before your time. As far as it can go this way, before your time, God loves you. As far as it can go this way, God loves you. Y'all get that? <laughs> before you were, God loved you. <laughs> right? Before you existed. Before your parents existed. Before your grandparents existed, God loved you. <laughs> he already knew you was coming. He planned for you to be here, and oh, and when you showed up, he didn't love you no more than he did when you wasn't even here. His love is complete. So you're not, you, you don't do what God says for him to love you, because it won't change it anyway. You do what God says because you love him. See, it's not, not to win God's love. You can't win God's love. You, you can't earn God's love. You can't lose God's love. He loves you completely. Complete. Even when you don't love yourself, God's love is still complete. It's still complete. And he loves you from everlasting to everlasting. It's a complete love. I remember one day I was driving home in traffic. And this is not a traffic story. I'm just telling y'all. <laughs> I was driving home in traffic. <laughs> but I was listening to Fred Hammond's There Is No Greater Love. And I heard that song that day in a way I had never heard it before. Heard the song, I know, hundreds of times, at least a hundred times, probably, because I'm in traffic a lot. <laughs> but this day, I heard it differently than I had ever heard it. And he was just simply saying, there is no greater love than the love you have for me and for some reason that day those words hit my spirit in a crazy way a way I never heard the song before and it was like God was singing to me and God was saying I love you and there's no greater love than the love I have for you 
And I'm driving in traffic, crying like a baby, crying like a baby. Because God's love, it it just blew up. It got real for me. And the song was playing over and over again. There he is. And then Fred says, your love for me is forever. And I started to think about how can you love me forever? What is that? Who does that? (laughs) You know, who loves forever? And God says, I do. I love forever. And my love for you is forever. And Fred was singing, his love for me is forever. His love for me is forever. And it blew up in my spirit in a way I was crying like a baby. I can't tell you, it just hit me. It hit me hard. He loved us. Love us. I heard um, recently Rick Warren say, he was talking about love in one of his messages. And uh, and he, when he, he sometimes people come to him and they say, you know, I don't my prop my problem is that I don't love God enough. And Rick stops them in their tracks. He says, No, that's not your problem. Your problem is not that you don't love God enough. Your problem is you don't understand how much God loves you. That's your problem. Because if you did, how can you not love him when you really understand how much he loves you? How can you? It's, it, doesn't, it won't even be logical not to love him when you really understand how much God loves you. Just how much he loves you. And so that can be a thing that we pray and should pray. Lord, help me understand how much God loves me. And that day I was listening to that song. It hit me in a way that it had never hit me before. How much God loves me. I tried to look for forever, and I couldn't see it. Do you understand? I couldn't see it. No matter how hard I looked, I couldn't see forever. And it blew up for me. It just got big, and I was weeping because I saw and I understood deeper, more deeper, that God loves me and how much he loves me. And he loves you the same way. And he doesn't love you more because you do better than this person. You do worse. He don't love you less because you do worse than this person. He doesn't love any of us any differently. It's an unconditional God loves you. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sins. 
so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. The root of covenant is unconditional love. The glue to the family is covenant, and the root to covenant of our covenant is unconditional love. Without it, families fall apart. Without unconditional love, families fall apart. I think by now, y'all have experienced it, and everybody in this room has experienced it in some way, shape, or form. The falling apart of family. And we can trace it back I'm sure you can to where unconditional love was lacking. Thank you for listening.